Welcome to episode 19 of the J Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J Bunny. Now, for this episode of the podcast, I interviewed Rob Machetti, who is currently in the band The Pain Method, and also was previously in the band's MOD, Propane, and Generation Kill. Pretty crazy, actually, how this whole thing got set up. Um, those of you that have been following the show since the beginning may remember that on episode 4, I interviewed Will Winton from the band Thanatonic Desire. Now, Will is also the bass player for The Paint Method, and so when I posted a pic- the picture of uh, Will and I together on my Instagram page, the uh, Rob from The Pain Method commented on the Instagram post and said, oh, that's our boy Will, and I commented back like, hey, I'd love to have you on the show sometime. Uh, so he said that that would be doable. I went to their uh, CD release show at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey on June 23rd, met Rob, and we set it all up. Uh, met up at his house a couple weeks later, uh, and we recorded this episode. It turned out pretty well. We actually uh, we leave somewhere near the middle to end uh, and continue elsewhere. But you'll you'll hear that when it happens. Um, and uh, without further ado, here's Rob. All right, what's up, everybody? It's Jay Bunny. I am uh, today. I'm here in Pomona, New York, and I'm hanging out with Rob Machetti. How's it going, Rob? What's up, dude? Thanks for coming. Oh, no problem. So. I first became aware of you around 2012 when you were in the band Generation Kill, but many people would know you from your times in the band MOD and Propane in the mid to late 90s. Can you tell me about your time in those bands? Yeah, um, I wound up joining MOD in 92 after they did uh, the Rhythm of Fear record, and I was in the studio with my band Mutilation at the time, and the the producer Steve Evitz knew that Billy was looking for a bass player, so uh, he thought I'd be perfect for it, so before I met Billy... I had learned the SOD album, three MOD albums, and uh, when we got together with Billy, it was more of a rehearsal than a, than a, than a audition. And then uh, it was in that band. I did a Europe tour, came back, did an album in ninety that was released in '94, and then did uh, the Europe tour with them. And on the American tour is when I met Propane, and um, they watched me at Soundcheck playing guitar and bass and drums and. Uh, MOD, I was playing bass, but when Propane saw me in sound checks, I was playing guitar and every other instrument because uh, MOD never really sound checked. So that actually got me into Propane. They saw me playing guitar night after night and, went, and they liked my stage show and they saw that I could play guitar. So one tour with MOD led me into Propane and I, I did uh, two albums with MOD, um, you know, like between the, the studio record and then like a best of or a greatest hits. And then um, Propane, I wound up doing three or uh, four albums, uh, three studio releases, and one best of with live stuff on it. And uh, those two bands definitely allowed me to have a sort of career afterwards in music, be able to keep making records, you know? They're definitely the two biggest bands I've ever been in. Right, right. Now, you mentioned uh, previous to those bands you were in Mutilation. Were you in any other bands before that? or? Yeah, I mean, high school, there was a, high, uh, like a cover band paradox we did and then as soon as we did that i knew i wanted to write songs so i started a band called molester (laughs) which led me to kill power which led me to mutilation and we made a record with mutilation got signed to jl america and uh, it was released worldwide you know barely made a splash but it was my starting point they were they were like metal bands hardcore bands thrash bands you know but mod and propane were already where i wanted to be right right. so i had to jump the line you know 
And then was there anything in between uh, propane and generation kill? Or No. Um, it was something in Florida. I was writing some of the songs that are on this pain method record. I just kind of went out as Rob Machete with a couple guys in Florida and played uh, maybe maybe one or two songs that were on this and, and maybe one or two songs that were on the, uh, the DMC Fragile Mortar record, you know? Right, right. Okay. So in 2008, um, you and Rob Dukes, who was also in Exodus at the time, started Generation Kill. Can you tell me about how that collaboration initially came together? Yeah, I mean, we were the two guys in Rockland who actually were making records, and, and a third party said, you guys should work together. So he approached me, and our first meeting, I already had a couple songs written, and just kind of warned him, you know, like, this isn't a joke to me, you know, uh, yeah. I take it pretty seriously, so... He was gone with Exodus the whole first record, and I wrote the whole record, you know, okay. um, while he was gone. And then he would just basically come back and write some lyrics over it and go. You know, we weren't really super critical, didn't have much direction. We just wanted to make a record and see what happened. And that led us to, by the time we did our second record, he was on the outs with um, Exodus personally, but still in the band. So he, he focused a little more on the second record which was, I think was much better than the first, and then, uh, and then it just kind of fell apart. Right, right. Yeah, and, and uh, you mentioned Fragile Mortals. In 2014, you know, the uh, band was working with DMC in yeah. what would become Fragile Mortals. How did, how did that come together? Uh, Dukes gave DMC um, the album, the, the We're All Gonna Die Generation Kill album. He gave him the album at a festival, and he actually listened to it. And uh, one of the songs that I wrote on there was uh, Carney Love, and it was probably most misunderstood song by Metalheads, but Rob Zombie thought it was cool, and DMC thought it was cool, so <laughs> that was good enough for me. All right. Like, I don't like to write typical stuff, you know? Like, sometimes you get stuck in a rut, especially, like, in the thrash hardcore scene, you know? There's only certain things you're allowed to do, and, and I never really, really never bent to that rule, you know? Yeah, I just write yeah. what, I, what I write, and let other people label it. Okay. And then in 2017, uh, you and Jason Trenzer and Rob Ewells all left Generation Kill to yeah. make the Pain Method. Can you tell me what sort of made you guys led you guys to that decision to, to um, all leave together and start another band? There was two reasons for me, personal and professional. I was dealing with the professional, you know, shortcomings because we were we were friends. But then when that friendship dissolved, I, I was like. I can't work. I can't work with you anymore. It was just we were writing these amazing songs. Some of them that ended up on the Pain Method record, and we just weren't getting lyrics. All we were getting was lies. You know, I'm going to the studio tonight, tomorrow, the next day. We'd be like, what do you got? Nothing. Oh, he canceled. Or it was just you know, time and time again, we were just waiting for lyrics, and then it just started getting ugly. Like you know, they'll get done when they'll get done. You know, and I was like, well, we just got frustrated. And then when me and Dukes had a falling out personally, then my patience was thin. So yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm not putting up with this crap, you, you know. I'll do it for my boy, but not not for uh, someone that I'm not really not on speaking terms with, you know. Right, right, right. Um, so I just took the songs that were just sitting there with no lyrics, started writing my own lyrics, and didn't want to scream. So I, I just kind of took my own approach to the lyrics, and it came out more as a hard rock album, which I'm fine with, you know. Right, right. Just, and... Oh, sorry. No, no, it just kind of organically happened. I wasn't really going in pre-planned. I just, I'm not a screamer, you right, know? Right, But I like the final results. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it too, man. Thanks. Um, so what what does that parting of ways, uh, what did that mean for Fragile Mortals? Is that still It was a never a band. No, no, it was never a band. We did a couple of shows, 
But DMC is a freaking legend and an icon, and, and I'm surprised it even went as far as it did, but he's a brand name, and you can't really damage that. I just think it was like oil and vinegar, you know? At times it was magic, and other times it just was unfocused, and uh, even Daryl himself told me it, it just didn't, didn't, certain things just didn't um, mesh. And I understand it. It's about chemistry. You know, right, right, right. Me and him had chemistry, and I work with him still privately. You know, um, I still write for him, and I still go out and play with him. But sometimes, you know, too many, too many cooks. You know, yeah. You know that whole thing. So there was a lot of resentment and weirdness because he was using me, and uh, we were dragging Velez along for the ride just for the hell of it. It just it made things weird. We all could have elevated and. and um, gained from it, but resentment is like a big brick wall, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So if he, if, if someone latches on to one or two guys in the band, you just ride it out, you know? Like me and, me and D had a very similar uh, work ethic, you know? That was all it was, yeah. you know, in chemistry, so. But D's still one of my closest friends, and he knows who to call when he needs shit to get done, so. I'm honored to have worked with him, and it changed me as a writer and as a, as a person, honestly. It was a blessing. Well, that's cool. I... I regrettably uh, didn't catch any of those shows you guys did I wanted to and yeah they were cool scheduling just didn't work out or something and I haven't had a chance to pick the record up yet either but I yeah. fully intended to we, do so. we probably have a crate of them somewhere I don't even listen to it you know I, I think the music was cool I think some of the, the lyrics were mailed in not by D it was it was difficult sessions you know put it that way the music was incredible D came in very prepared but then trying to mesh two complete opposite work ethics and vocalists on one record it was very difficult you know but the end result was sort of cool you know it led me to where i'm at now right so getting back to to the pain method which is where you're at right now how did you come up with that name and what does it mean originally it was just a combination of propane and method of destruction right okay but then it took on new meaning i went through a hellish couple of years Back in 2000, you know, back in 2013, I lost two brothers in three months. Fuck, man. And uh, instead of putting a gun in my mouth, I kind of used that pain, kind of turned my life around. And so the pain method is kind of how I've gotten to this point. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't all fun and games, you know. But what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that's the title of the record. And, right, this, right. you know, the record is cathartic. My lyrics aren't... That was the difference between me and, me and Rob Dukes was that he would read a book and write lyrics mm -hmm. and I write about my life and it turns out that it's life in general but people can relate to lyrics like that because right, right. everybody goes through love and hate and death that's just how I, I kind of approach this record and I may run out of things to say one day and may have to do the read a book and <laughs> you know like kind of like a kid doing a uh a, a report and just just reading it out of the Encyclopedia Britannica, but that's not me yet. <laughs> I still got plenty to say if you haven't noticed. Well, that's good, man. Um, so the lineup of the Pain Method is rounded out by former Stereo Mud and Blackwater Rising guitarist John Fatteruso and my friend and former guest on this show, Will Winton of Thanatonic Desire. Yeah. How'd you become aware of these guys and decide that you wanted them in your band? Will first was uh, a front man, and obviously still is, in Thanatonic, and they opened for Generation Kill a lot. And um, I just, he was the standout to me, because I'm a bass player, and he's singing and playing. I never heard any dropout. He plays with his fingers. I don't play bass with my fingers, so for me to give up the bass to someone, they really had to be 
special and Will is freaking, he's great. He's a great guy, great performer, showman, great player, you know, all around. So that was no brainer for him. He was the first and only one I called. John Federuso, I've known him since I was in propane and MOD and he was just a great guy looking for his break. When he got stereo mud, I was so happy for him. They got to do stadium shows and, and big, big things and it just that kind of fell apart and um, I always wanted to work with him again. He's just another one, a great guy, great player and um, it just worked out perfect, you know. So we're, we're, we have a great lineup personally, you know, like, yeah. I can hang with these guys, you know. I'm not their boss, I'm not their dad. Someone's got to steer the ship, but, right. you know, you need linemen and, co and, and, a, and a center and a kicker, and not everybody is the quarterback, you know what I mean? But we're a team, yeah. and they understand that, and, and they're all happy, I, I, I believe. So in, in the pain method, you're the lead vocalist in addition to being the guitarist. Yeah. Did that take any adjustments on your part in your play style or anything? Because you didn't do that. Mm, I mean, because you've done that previously, yeah. but not in the more recent bands. Yeah, I mean... It was difficult, like, as far as singing melodies and playing different riffs on guitar, but it's nothing that rehearsal, home rehearsal, couldn't fix. You know, I sat here, did it, and by the time I got to the band rehearsals, I was singing and playing the stuff, so. Like I said, I have an obsessive work ethic, you know, so I don't want to, and, and an ego as well, so I don't want to suck. So, right, right, And I don't right. want, I want them, want the guys in my own band to believe in me, so. Right, right. So a couple of weeks ago, you guys had a uh, like a CD release show for mm -hmm. the Pain Method album, "What Doesn't Kill You." Yeah. Um, what can fans expect from the album? You already said you don't. You know, there's no screaming and stuff. What um, else can? It's be heavy expected? and it's grooving, but there's melody and there's actual you know meaning to the lyrics. It's hard to explain musically what it is. It could be Black Sabbath. It could be Alice in Chains. It could be. Old Metallica, I mean, it's all over the place. Some Zeppelin, some Floyd. It's our influences all kind of cohesively meshed into, you know, an entire album. I, I guess the only thing I could say is, you know, come to see the show live if you dig it. We play the album in order as it appears on the CD. So come watch the show. If you like it, on the way out, you can buy the disc, you know. If it doesn't grab you, then I get it. It's not for everybody. Now, was that the first uh, the first day that the the CD was available? Or because when no. I because when I put it in my computer to, to to put it on my hard drive, it listed the release year as 2017. Um, it was probably when we had a management deal. We released a couple of tracks on our own, and then when we got signed, we had to pull it for Eclipse Records to uh, register it and put it up. So there is some confusion with it right now. It's only available at our shows. Okay. Um, we're waiting to put it online worldwide. We're just trying to jump on a tour, which is easier said than done. So eventually we're going to have to drop it, whether a tour comes or not, you know, right, put right. it out. But we're trying to do it properly, you know, um, but we'll see. Alrighty. Now, unfortunately, the, the night that you guys had that show, that uh, the CD release show, uh, Vinnie Paul had died yeah. that night. Um, of Pantera and Helia Damage Plan. Yeah. I mean, obviously everybody knew. I don't have to. I don't have to tell you the fucking bands. Everybody yeah. knows. But just in case you're listening and you don't know who the fuck Vinnie Paul is, <laughs> that's the bands he was in. Uh, I was just wondering if you knew Vinnie and if you had any memories you'd like to share. I didn't know him. I met him once when I was in MOD. We were recording the album in '94, '93, and uh, Billy got pulled out to California during the middle of the making of the record. He took me with him. So it was SOD. Prong, Pantera, White Zombie, but they had to cancel because the drummer flaked out and they wound up replacing him. And Stutter and John from the Howard Stern show was on it. Was, was, his band was on it. And I met them that night and got to hang with Phil and, and Dime and, and, you know, barely met 
you know, they, they were they were nice guys. You know, they were cool. I think it was like vulgar display of power, and they were they just re, were just releasing um, Far Beyond Driven, and it was amazing to be around that time. You know, but I didn't know him personally, but it was definitely a cool experience to be hanging with all those guys. You know, in one night. Yeah, I never I never got to see Pantera or Damage Plan myself, but if I saw Hell Yeah nearly every time they came through. Yeah, yeah. We were trying to get on a Hell Yeah tour, but same thing, you know, kind of hit a brick wall with that. Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't seem like, uh, understandably so, they haven't really said what, what's going on. I mean, they were in the middle of uh, doing a new record, so I don't know. Yeah. They haven't announced whether they're going to finish that or they're going to stay together. They haven't, they haven't. Yeah, I'm sure it's probably going to be finished, but I don't know. So what can fans expect from the live show? of the pain method will it be and do you guys do any covers of any either your yeah, former I mean, bands or any no, other bands at no. all i was thinking of maybe doing a pro paint song early on probably some of the stuff that i had written but then i i just kind of pulled away from that and you know we do like at the end of our set we do like a piece of some metallica song and you know it'll probably morph into a sabbath song eventually like but the main thing is playing the album from beginning to end which is great because i've never did that Propane, we did it, but usually when you make a record, there's certain songs you just don't touch live, mm. and we, we do it, you know, I, I wouldn't put it on the record if I didn't believe in it, so it's basically an amped up version of the record live, you know, and, and it's fun, it's positive vibe, there's no, there's no negativity on stage, you know, that's done, mm -hmm. we're done with that stuff. One person can drag down the whole vibe of the band and the, and the crowd, and it's just not my thing. Yeah, yeah. I want people to have a good time at the show, I don't want them walk away hating me right 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 so i asked you about your former bands but I, I didn't ask you and i meant to when did you start at what age did you start playing music how did you get into playing like i don't know late elementary school i always had a musical ear but by the time i picked up a guitar it was really quick you know like neighborhood kid named al DeSavo, who i'm still best friends with and i thank him on every record he saw me carrying around a guitar like just trying to play and he was already a seasoned veteran and he took me under his wing and it changed my life so it, or you know sixth grade seventh grade eighth grade i was already playing and then by high school i had a band and by the age of 21 i made a record wow. that's basically now i'm 49 and i think i'm like 10 or 11 records in but i got to see the whole planet and made records and was in the you know the billboard top 50 at times and had mtv music videos and you know, it was, it's been amazing, but I'm not done yet. That's you know, I'm not even close. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going until till I die, I guess. Well, hopefully, that's not anytime soon. <laughs> if it is, I, I won't know it. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a few more, but do you wanna do you wanna cut it and yeah, finish we'll, later? Yeah, we'll do the rest at the studio. All right, cool. we're, we're, or actually, you could say we're going in the studio right now. And I'm, I'm producing another artist right now, and you're gonna be a fly on the wall there in that session and see the brain surgeon at work. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, we'll pick this up back over there then. Awesome. Alrighty, we're back. We're at the studio now. I'm still here with Rob Machete. And um, <laughs> so the next thing that I wanted to ask you is the question that I ask everybody that's ever been on the show and ever will be on the show. And that is, that, uh, what is your thought on the current state of the music industry where fans seem to treat music as disposable and don't really buy CDs there any, anymore because they would rather either illegally download or subscribe to Spotify. It's just in a transition period. The funny thing is that I don't really think it's affecting artists as much financially because we used to take money from record companies and the way the system is set up, even if you sell a ton of records, you're never paying that budget back unless you're super big, you know? Right. So most bands weren't making money off their records anyway. 
Um, publishing is a whole different thing, so you're getting paid publishing on your plays. To me, it seems like the only people who really are suffering are record executive people and record company staff. There aren't any anymore. Right. Uh, there used to be, you know, 20, 30, 50 people working at a record label. It, it's unnecessary now. It's almost like karma, you know, like the people who were getting rich off of it in, back in the day weren't the artists. The people who were getting rich off of it aren't anymore. The artists are still surviving, just in a different way. And, and, and it's not all that different because everybody, even before the internet explosion, everyone would have told you the way we make our money is live. Right. You know, and that's as far as I remember, that's how it's always been. You make your money live. Take the money from the record company. If you're lucky, you can get it paid back because you have to pay it back out of your $1 royalty when they're selling it for 10 So if you took a hundred grand from the record company, you have to sell 100,000 records for them to be paid back. Right. They don't count the other $9 they made off your CD. You have to pay them back out of your $1 royalty. So it's, it's set up for them not to lose. If you're a musician and an artist, you just keep going and... and if you're worth anything, you can get a guarantee live. You know, to try and make a couple of bucks. Sorry, no, I've right. <laughs> been up since four in the morning. I I, I see the change. It's a, it's a whole different different plan, you know. But still, you have to be a good band, go out and play and earn it. But the only the only I think the negative side of it is that now bands to make money in other ways now they're kind of taking advantage of the uh, the younger bands coming up or new bands coming up and buying your way onto tours just for the pleasure of being there but you're being exposed to a potential audience so Sharon Osbourne started that with uh, Ozfest right you had to pay like a hundred grand to be on that tour but you were playing in front of a bunch of people and pretty much every band on that tour succeeded so um, now Every band's doing that, and um, you know, not everybody can come up with forty and fifty thousand dollars just to be on a tour and hope that you get some, you know, leverage. The great thing for me is that I don't make music for that reason. You know, like luckily I'm able to make records still at this age, but I don't rely on it as my income. But for some reason, these little record companies want to put out these records I do, and I'm grateful and I'm fortunate that I get to do it because I just want people to hear my music. Right, right. I don't really care about the rest. I mean, who wouldn't want to be, you know, employed as a musician? And, and I was. When I was in propane, that was my job. But it was a lot of hard work and, and exhausting just to be barely noticed, you yeah. know? Um, propane was very small on the whole grand scheme of metal. Um, you know, you were dealing with Pantera, Anthrax, Metallica, Megadeth Slayer. Propane was, you know, minuscule, but we did 300 shows in a year just to be sort of relevant. And um, it's hard work just to be on the bottom right you right. know but um we made music in even those days you know somehow we turned it into an income because we were smart we didn't have big overhead you know we bought a motorhome we traveled with another band kept our expenses low didn't have a big crew didn't get hotel rooms you know we did it right you know so speaking of the music industry uh you had mentioned earlier uh, in the interview that uh the pain method uh you guys had to pull what was online because you had gotten signed who who were you signed with and what's uh um eclipse eclipse picked us up and we also um hooked up with cia management who is um it manages il nino and a few other acts and it's a it's dave shivari from il nino it's his company okay we're basically putting our trust in him because he's a hustler, you know, and he knows the business and he's currently in the business. So we're kind of stalling the release worldwide because we're trying to get on a tour. So it's a double-edged sword kind of thing, you know. We have an amazing record, but if nobody hears it, no one knows about it, it's kind of, a, you know, like the tree falling in the forest thing. Right, right. 
So we're just trying to give it a fair shake. We're not saying it's going to sell a ton or it's going to take the world by storm, but we're just trying to give it a fair shot. Right. That's all That's all we're trying to do. Eclipse is being patient with us, actually. They wanted to release it already, but if we're not out there touring it... No, we're doing shows, but if we did 38 shows in a row, then we dropped the record. You know right. what I mean? worldwide where they can go get it but i don't mind going out playing shows and, and having physicals in, in hand you, you know if you like what you see the record's for sale you know it's right, like an right. impulse buy i always like to buy cds at shows but it seems like they're there less and less yeah because it's overhead it doesn't right, really right. cost anything to put it online right right well yeah i had a, I had a conversation it wasn't on this show because it was before i had this show but i had a conversation with uh john schaefer from iced earth once and he was telling me that it basically would have cost them too much money to get the cds from the label to bring on the tour so they yeah. didn't bother to do it yeah instead <laughs> of just making them yourselves for a dollar and selling them for 10 the record company wants to sell them back to you for six dollars and five dollars it's it's, it's asinine. So what's next for you guys? I know you said you were trying to get on some tours, and, and I assume that hasn't been successful as of yet. So what's the... No, uh, uh, we're just... We have one-off shows and weekend shows and a few out-of-state shows. And right now, Dave's on tour with his new band, uh, Terror Universal. And, right, uh, right. He's the one who's basically in charge of what's going to happen with the release of this thing. So, I mean, right now we're kind of at his mercy, but we trust him. At the very least, we'll just drop it on Eclipse and just keep hitting the bricks and playing, you know what I mean? If if a tour doesn't come through, all I need is, you know, 20 shows in Europe and 30 shows in America. That's all I'm looking to do, you know, yeah. in a row. And then we could drop it, you know, and then take it from there, you know. But if that doesn't happen, obviously I still want people to be able to get it, you yeah, know. Yeah. So it's kind of a... You know, you're standing at the plate and you don't know what's being thrown at you. Right. So you just got to kind of wait for the pitch and see what happens, you know? Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool if you guys could, I mean, if if there were still summer festival tours, like, it'd be cool if you guys could get on one of them. But the only thing that exists anymore is Warp Tour, and this is the last year of that. Yeah, and Dave's on this thing called the Summer Slaughter, but I don't know if it's even America or Europe. I have no well, idea. Summer Slaughter is normally, it's a U.S. tour, but it's usually really brutal type band, like really yeah, heavy, right. really, like, fucking, like, almost death metal-y yeah, kind Yeah, of. that's not our... Place, yeah, and that's you know. not where you guys really fit no. in. No, we're just going to keep doing our own thing. And like I said, luckily I'm not trying to uh, make a living on it or make it big kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just made a cool record and I just want it to be available to people and go out and play, you know? Yeah, yeah. So my expectations have never been super high. That's why I'm, I'm fulfilled as a musician, you know? I've already went further than I ever probably deserved to be or expected to be. It's it's a blessing to me, no matter what we do. It, when people I don't know come up to me and love my record that I wrote, how can you not get off on that? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, now, if it's getting it to the masses, there's a lot of things that have to line up. Some luck, hard work, and you know, money, and there's a lot of factors for a band to break, and sometimes it's a fluke, you know? Sometimes it's a cover song. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But, I mean, look how fucking big. I mean, Disturbed was already big, but look how big their fucking Sounds of Silence got. Yeah, and even like that uh, Bad Wolves band with yeah, the, uh, you with know, the zombie cover. Yeah, it's 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 taken the world by storm. You know what I mean? And I don't think they did it for that reason, but I'm sure they're welcoming the success. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. They did it because it was something cool to do. You know, I know Doc. He doesn't seem like he's. He was also he's also been on this show before. <laughs> yeah, he's a great dude, you know. He's very humble and cool and I'm and I I'm happy for his success, you know what I mean? I really am. Um some people would resent it, you know, but he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. He's been working 
a long time, God forbid, and they never really took off like Lamb of God and Shadows Fall and all those other bands they're friends with, you know what I mean? Right. So I'm happy for them that this happened, you know, no matter how it happened, you yeah. know. They're going to have to have some solid tunes other than their cover to, to sustain going on these big tours. And right, right. Obviously they do, so I'm, I'm happy for those guys. That doesn't mean I'm going to go record a cover song and hope for the best, you know. Right, I mean? It's right. just, that was their path. I have a different path, you know, and, and to me this whole thing's a journey, you know what I mean? I'm not looking at this final destination thing. My whole life's been a journey, you know? You try to grow... This, you know, my latest records may not have sold as much as Propane, but I like to think that I've grown as a musician and a writer and a producer since those days, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm evolving, but sometimes that doesn't equate to dollars, but I'm not motivated by that. Yeah. Or else I'd just be in a wedding band. <laughs> those guys make serious dough. Um, so is there anything else that, because uh, that's all I've got as far as questions go. Is there anything else you wanted to say or anything else you wanted to plug? Before well, the other go? thing, too, is if you like the way this new record sounds, like right now I'm in the process of producing, I'm in the studio with you right now, producing a, uh, an artist, and I've produced some stuff for DMC. And uh, if you guys are into the sounds that I'm putting out, not just the songs, obviously I'm available to produce, you know, and I'm not I'm not going to rake you over the coals. I barely make any money doing that either because, again, I'm not motivated by the money. The studio is the hourly rate. That that's has nothing to do with me. That has to be paid, but I just want to be able to, like, um, give life to new bands and new artists, and if I can make a couple of bucks doing it, great, but I'm not going to pay any more or less attention to what I'm doing because of money. My name's on it. I want it to be awesome, you know, by my own standards, you know. Uh, yeah, so I'm getting in the production game and i'm available for that that's basically it i mean i'm gonna keep making music and playing until i can't <laughs> yeah, sounds great man oh well, I, I thank you for ha thank you for being on the show
And from the album What Doesn't Kill You, that is The Pain Method with Save Me. I want to thank Rob for being on the show. I also want to thank Will for being in the band and help me uh, just by knowing each other, helping me set all this up. Uh, it was really, really uh, great show, great interview, I think. Uh, also, the experience I had of uh, going into the studio and hanging out with Rob and uh, the artist that he is currently producing, which uh, is choosing to remain anonymous at this time. But uh, in any event, that was a fun experience. I've never gotten to uh, hang in the studio before while someone is uh, producing a track. So that was fucking awesome. And uh, hopefully we get to hear that project sooner rather than later. Um, I've already spoken with the person... Uh, who is recording with Rob again. He wants to remain anonymous, but uh, I hope to have him on the show in the future as well. Also, uh, reconnected at the Pain Method concert with John Federuso, who I had met at uh, Dingbats a bunch of years ago when he was in the band Blackwater Rising. Uh, he and I have spoken about him being on the show in the future as well. So this really... Uh, like I said, I think it was a great interview. It was a great experience. I connected with a couple of other people that uh, I hope to have on the show in the future that, that say they want to do it, so that's great. Um, don't forget to check out uh, The Pain Method. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them on Instagram. Um, you can only get the album at their shows at this point, um, but you should definitely pick it up. It's a great album. Uh, also, don't forget to follow J Bunny's Music Hub on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Can't can't say enough about that Instagram. I didn't want the thing, and 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 it helped me get this uh, get this interview. So I, I can't say enough about that right now. Instagram, also Patreon. Uh, still working on getting some kind of content up there. I really want to be able to utilize that account. Um, uh, but uh, in the meantime, if you guys uh, want to see this continue, please. Uh, Head to the Patreon and donate. It'll help uh, with expenses on, on getting to shows and stuff and maybe getting some better equipment. Also, if you have any friends that you think would be interested in the show, please do not hesitate to send them invites on uh, Facebook or drop them links or do whatever to spread the word about the show. Uh, it always helps to get the numbers up and get me bigger interviews. Uh, I've got some stuff that I'm working on, hoping to make happen this summer and this fall who the fuck knows like i said we got those two uh two other ones i talked about earlier we i also have another episode already done uh that will be available online about a week from now a week from the date that i post this episode uh so look forward to that that is with uh, andrew cushing bass player for adelita's way and former uh, bass player for uh, Taking Dawn and Devil's Run. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, also, guys, um, don't forget Industry Embers, hashtag buy music, B U Y, or it's buy music, B Y E. And you can follow Industry Embers on Facebook and Twitter. Make sure to use that hashtag to post any new music purchases that you make. Um, now we're going to close out with another song from the Pain Method album, What Doesn't Kill You. Um, 
I'm not going to tell you who or what it's about, but if you listen, you don't even have to listen closely. If you're even just kind of listening and you already listened to this episode, you'll be able to figure out who or what this song is about. This is the third track from the album. This is Trim the Fat. Until next time, guys. True.